It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pikey and Lau Show, the second show we've put together here for 2020. We're here to talk all about the Cairns Taipans. The show's called Talking Taipans. I'm your co-host, Chris Pikey, and boy, once again, haven't the Taipans given us plenty to talk about. They split their games last weekend against the Sydney Kings on the road after a really, really important home win against the New Zealand Breakers. They still sit in third position on the NBL ladder. There's only five weeks now of the season to go, so there's plenty to talk about once again this week, and... Let's hear from the men that you all have tuned in for. Alex Loudon, thanks for joining me once again. Mate, great to be back for our second episode of 2020. Uh, huge, huge ramifications from this weekend, Pikey. So much mm. to talk about. I can't wait. Let's get it started. This episode of the Pikey and Louds Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Absolutely. This game, Saturday night, Cairns Convention Centre, Adelaide 36ers. It could very well end up determining which of these two teams makes the playoffs. So plenty to dissect from that. So we'll get to that shortly. Now, first of all, back to last last Thursday night to tip off tip off the round. It was a massive game against the New Zealand Breakers where they were coming in as the hottest team in the league with five straight wins. The Taipans had won four straight, so they were hot on their heels in terms of teams being hot. Turned out to be a really important win for the Taipans and, and an impressive win, so we'll we'll dissect it shortly. First of all, you were back in the building for the first time in 2020 after missing a couple of games due to mm. your your family trip over over the whole over the holiday period. Yeah. You know, how was things back in back in amongst the Orange Army? Oh, it was great to be back there and see uh, Grabo's jersey in in the rafters. Yeah, um, yeah really, really cool um, uh, thing for for Grabo and and uh, Spiel and that I missed uh, that opportunity to to see him uh, get that honour and um, yeah, just an awesome thing to see uh, in the Cairns Convention Centre. Finally, um, the the game was huge. The 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 punt the um, the tips uh, companies had it all wrong. The bookies said it was a three dollar thirty six. Uh, payoff for New Zealand win and a dollar forty mm. for Taipans, and I just felt though it was so it couldn't be further from the truth. I thought it was going to be a tight game, and uh, it was uh, I predicted an overtime game Taipans by four. It wasn't an mm-hmm. overtime, but Taipans by six. But it was an L by a totally different New Zealand Breakers team to a month before. Uh, mm-hmm. Scotty Hobson for them at the helm, and um, they really moved the ball well. Uh, Rob Lowe had a career night, twenty four points, uh, and was the danger man. And um, you know all their players were coming together. They were they were banged up a bit, uh, but uh, with New Zealand losing that game and then losing uh, the next one, uh, dropping two is pretty much uh, the the dagger for them. Uh, and them being banged up, I think it's curtains for the New Zealand Breakers season. Um, but credit to the Taipans, they they held strong. And Scotty Machado, twenty nine points. Oh my goodness, uh, big chance for MVP from the crowd. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, uh, Mike Kelly saying uh, he's he's toning it down he's like no no he's like yeah. let it we're thinking the wrong things here crowd we're thinking we, we want to keep things normal like just just be quiet like let's let's mm. think about that later let's not get distracted let's not get distracted with things that don't matter right now but i think scotty machado quite enjoyed it at the free throw line hearing the chance he did miss one of them but um it, it does bring up an interesting question uh, i think that that we're we're more uh, than happy to talk about pikey um a bit of an mvp 
MVP race. I think um, he is the, the best point guard in the league, no question. I have doubts about if he would actually be MVP. But I look further into a few of the numbers, 16 points a game, 8 assists. Um, the next, uh, the hottest uh, player based on the bookies is Bryce Cotton, 22 points a game, 3 assists, but uh, you know an absolute uh, gun down the stretch of a game to close out. Scotty Machado, a little bit gun shy, or wouldn't, I shouldn't say gun shy, but not as confident from 3 um, mm-hmm. in terms of how defensives will play him, but he's still uh, racked up 29 points to get them the win and also lead uh, um, you know all the other players to victory there at the helm. So he's coming in pretty hot. If he continues to close out this season, um, I think he's got just as good a chance as anyone for MVP. Uh, and will will they buck the trend and go for the guy that doesn't have as many points? but certainly got everyone else on the team going and made uh, the, the team a lot better because of his presence. Is that is that the MVP mm. that they're going to choose for this year, Pikey? It's, it's a fascinating question. And I, I do think it's now down to those two. I think it's down to Scotty Machado and, and Bryce Codden. You can take a look at some of the other guys around the league and yeah, I, I don't think Sean Long... Is probably quite in has been quite as good as those two. I don't think you know Jerome Randall or Daniel Johnson at Adelaide are at that level. I don't think as good as Lamar Patterson can be on his night. I don't think he's consistent enough to be in calculation. So I, I think it's genuinely down to those two. Um, take the, your pick. the team I mean, has you, to perform. The, the team has to perform absolutely. And get top sort of two or three. Yep. Um, interestingly, no one from the Kings is like highly ranked. But how how strong is that 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 no one's in MVP contention? Casper mm. Ware, I, yes, but you know he's a bit further off. But the, the whole team is pulling together. Yep. They don't have a standout single candidate, which makes them super tough. Uh, but you know, in terms of purely for MVP, um, yeah, there, there's there's certainly going to be an interesting talk around uh, Machado and uh, and Bryce Cotton. Mm. Who, who have you got for MVP? Mm. Yeah, if you're going to choose those two on your team, yeah. um, oh, who's the most important you, you... player for your team from out of those two? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I, I guess the only reason I would say Bryce is because I think Scotty is better when he's got good players around him that can benefit from his good work. So mm. so if you're Bryce Cotton, you can create your own shot. You can, you can probably play a one-on-one game and be absolutely incredible and you could... Could you know hit shots from anywhere and make your own shots? Whereas, as as good as Scotty can be as a scorer, I think he's an even better passer. So he need he he doesn't need good players around him because he can play well on his own. But he's better when he's got good players around him, like a DJ Newbel, like a Cam Oliver, who can benefit from his great work to pass at the ball to him. So that's the only reason. If I'm picking one player that I might tip tip Bryce in that sense, but in terms of MVP voting, I'm going to go for Machado just because of how much. Better, I think he's made the Cairns Taipans, and I, I think they're probably finishing bottom of the table again if they don't have don't have him, and if they don't have somebody equal in terms of making people better around him. So, in terms yeah. of being most valuable, I think the difference between sitting third and sitting last makes you a pretty valuable player. And I think being able to make your teammates better is a massive thing. And, and as good as Bryce is, maybe you're not so much getting better by being around him, but you might win more games just by having his individual brilliance on your team. So, I mean, you, you're not, you're not going to lose out too much by having him on your team either. But, yeah, right now I think Machado would be my tip for MVP just because of how much better he's made everybody else at the tight ends. It's funny, there's sort of two trains of thought. Um, in, a, in a late game situation, your superstar should carry you, um, obviously, to the mm-hmm. promised land. And Bryce Cotton is an absolute dagger. He, he's 
taken them to um, you know dazzling heights these last few years. He yep. came in that, that last part of the season. He got them the championship. Like the, the Wildcats paid for it, and Bryce Cotton delivered, mm-hmm. and he's uh, did it again last season. He's an absolute uh, juggernaut, and uh, for for me, I think that the the MVP is the most sort of lethal um, kind of candidate that can that can take over a game in yep. in the Sydney game. They went under the screen. They're, they're baiting Machado to shoot a three. I, I don't think he's as confident shooting that three ball where it's going to be an absolute weapon um, down the stretch of a playoff series. So I do worry that, um, you know, teams will sort of really hone into how Sydney played them. The, the Taipads haven't been shooting well from the three. That home game was their worst three-point pursuit uh, mm. percentage all season. And, you know, the Sydney game wasn't much better. I'm not sure exactly on the numbers, but that could possibly be the, the one sort of downfall of this type ends unit how teams adjust and, and really kind of play the numbers especially when you're playing back-to-back games in a, in a series game so uh, it's hard Scotty Scotty makes any team in this league uh, a lot a lot a lot better so in that way he is a, an absolute uh, massive player and would be a, um, a dream teammate in any club and he'll certainly be worth a lot uh, for next season should any NBL club be keen to poach a player like mm. Scotty Machado they, they can already sense the combinations if they secure him Bryce Cotton is an absolute killer you certainly want him on your uh, grand final series playing team giving you the the, the final sort of dagger shot that's going to take you to the championship rings um, ceremony so um, look it's, it's tough it, it is I, I'm going to go for Bryce I'm mm-hmm. saying that Bryce is MVP but I'm saying Scotty's uh, right there yeah. uh, but we'll see what happens let me ask the question in a different way if you're a pick and pop power forward type player which one would you rather be playing alongside Scotty Machado oh 100% mm. 100% Scotty Machado is is head and shoulders activates the entire team and it, it just makes everyone's job uh, better for everyone's contracts better for the next season it it just it's an absolute dream situation to have a point guard of his skill be at the helm so he's an absolute weapon to have on, on any club let me ask you about his teammate in the backcourt, DJ Newbill, as well. We had a great chat with him when you caught up with him on a previous edition of the Pike and Lau show, which you can check out in the in the archives, where you where he was very happy when you introduced him as as coming from from, from Newbillville. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, to me, he's probably leading the race for the Defensive Player of the Year award right now. I don't think either Andrew Bogut or Damian Martin have been the defensive you know, forces that they have in previous seasons. But to me, the way DJ's locking down on all of the best guards in the league right now has to have him in that race. So if the Taipans end up end up facing the Wildcats down the track, would you back him in to be able to at least limit the impact of Bryce Cotton at, to some degree? Uh, well, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the Taipans have had no trouble disposing of, uh, you know, the Wildcats and, sure. and um, in, in two of the games, uh, for sure. So uh, I think, um, you know, I think I think it would be an interesting matchup. I think where the, the Wildcats would sort of change their tactics a bit is obviously um, defensively baiting the Taipans to shoot more threes yep. and, and clogging the paint and basically not letting Oliver get some easy catch and shoot they'll probably go under picks they'll play the percentages I think I think that it'll, it'll it, everything will change once the playoffs hit so the Taipans have got to basically be going we're not going to get ourselves going by launching threes being baited into launching threes and getting going that way we've got to we've got to stick to our guns we've got to do all the little things and um, you know get to the rack uh, and that comes off some, some pretty aggressive play 
Holloway, DJ, and Scotty Machado leading the, leading the way on that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting. But you got to get to the playoffs first. For sure. <laughs> got to get to the playoffs <laughs> first. And, and what a luxury it is for the Wildcats just to be able to um, afford the services of, of Plumlee. I'm not sure what, you know, what that price tag comes in at. I know he's still getting paid out, probably 12 mil from NBA clubs. Yeah. So he's sitting around doing nothing and it's just chump change. But, it, you know, it's still, it's still something that I'd say was in the realm of, uh, you know, I'm only speculating here, but probably um, two to three hundred k, just just you know, a bit of a bit of spare change, and 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 how nice is it for Dairy Hunt just to move aside, just to allow just to allow <laughs> Plumlee to just slot right in. This really is a skewed league, isn't it? Absolutely. Ever since we went to the soft salary cap, where if you had the money, you could spend over the salary cap, and there's really nothing stopping you from doing that. I think we've seen we've seen the league really change from it, it's made it a lot harder for the smaller clubs like a like a Taipans, like a like a Hawks and, and even an Adelaide 36ers to compete. But at the same time, it also means when you are successful, it probably means a lot more because you know what you're up against and you probably put put targets on the heads of, of the Sydneys and the Melbournes and the Perths because you know that they're able to spend two, three, four, five times as much as yeah. you can on your players. So it can add motivation to you as well. And the Taipans this season have done a terrific job of of yeah. spending, if you, if you, if I reckon, if you take the example of the Kings, they're probably spending a fifth less than what the Kings are in their playing squad, and and they've been able to compete with them very well this season. So it's possible, mm. but gee, if if you if you were the type end right now, and you if you needed to add a, a backup player, and, and say it was Courtney who got who was injured for this period, and there was a small forward who had played four hundred NBA games, and who'd spent four hmm. years at Duke University and won an NCAA championship and you could add him to your squad, it'd be it'd be pretty nice. So it's a luxury that Perth has and that Sydney has and, and Melbourne has that the other clubs in the league don't have. But, yeah, I mean, it's a nice problem, problem for them to have and to me it probably makes them almost championship favourites over the Kings right now because the one problem the Wildcats had was probably their... Probably a lack of output, and especially especially their lack of ability to de- defend inside the paint, just because they weren't that big there. All of a sudden, that problem solved, and that's what you can do when I guess finances aren't aren't really an issue. Well, I think the Taipans have two or three individuals they could lean on outside of the club that would actually make that move as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're more than hungry uh, to make that sort of thing happen. They don't need to do it this year, of course. No, uh, but in, in future years, when you're in the similar situation, third or second, uh, and then there just needs to be a, a slight tweak or something, at some point, they're going to have to make a call and someone from the outside who is, uh, you know, more than capable will, will step up and, um, you know, say, Look, mm-hmm. enough's enough let's let's see what happens here and throw a bit of caution to the wind but um, that'll be a strategic play I don't think we um, I don't think we don't not have those individuals we certainly got you know I can yep. think of uh, three or four individuals around Cairns you know there, there'll be a time and, and place for that uh, but in terms of uh, third place on the ladder uh, got to get a win uh, against Adelaide and um, you know it, all the NBL is talking about this this game Taipans versus Adelaide is the game of the round well it absolutely is if we take a look at it the Taipans right now, after splitting those games last week against New Zealand and Sydney, they're twelve and ten. But because of Melbourne's continued struggles, they still stay in third position on the ladder. But they've only got six. I'm not games. convinced. I'm just not convinced Melbourne United are able to close out a, a, a strong playoff push. Um, whether or not they they don't make the playoffs, I'm not too sure. But I just I'm not convinced. If they make, if they're in the playoffs, they're, they're not going past the first round. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because coming into the season, I don't think. 
we foresaw any of these problems from United. I think a lot of us thought they probably had upgraded on their roster from from last season. They'd really only changed their imports, so they had swapped Sean Long for Josh Boone, and defensively they might have lost a little bit, but offensively they gained a hell of a lot. I think in terms of swapping Mello Trimble for Casper Ware, offensively maybe Mello scores even more points and maybe you give up a little bit defensively, but... I think they would have thought if they could score more points, then that won't really be an issue. I guess the, the one that hasn't quite worked is is the loss of DJ Kennedy and and obviously Casey Prather just because of injury hasn't quite worked. And, and now they've got Stanton Kidd in the lineup who has been okay yeah. up until their game against Adelaide on the weekend where he only played five minutes because of foul trouble. So you've, they've only really swapped their imports and they've got the same roster that went to the grand final last, last season, but nothing's really clicked from the start of the season. They had a bit of a slow start, and I guess we all just assumed that they would be able to get it together, but but they just haven't. They've got an 11-10 and 10 record right now. They've lost three of their last four games, and they've got their next two on the road this weekend to New Zealand and then on Australia Day to Sydney. So they could easily be 11-12 and 12 and be back in, you know, sixth spot by, you know, in seven or eight days' time. Um, what hasn't clicked for them this season from what, what you've been able to see? Well, I don't think, you know, I think with Mello Trimble at the helm, I think he's been exposed a little bit uh, in terms of being in that upper level team with superstars around and leading the team forward. He's obviously still very young and, mm. you know, he's going to be growing every every year. But at but the same maybe... time, that's what he said he wanted. At the same time, that's what he said he wanted. He came out and wasn't shy about saying that's what he wanted to be part of. Yeah, well, uh, it certainly hasn't hasn't been uh, a, a clear, clean run. I think mm. there's been a lot of sort of head scratching down the stretch, and he's like, "How does this? How does this all work and, and get it together?" So, you know, I think uh, that's probably because uh, it's the most important spot. The, the point guard position is the most crucial spot. I mean, mm. take a look at Machado. You know, mature. He, he he controls the team. He controls the tempo. He's he's uh, calculated. I think I think Mello's still uh, just his youth maybe exposed in in a team that really needed. Uh, an experienced guard with with all the tricks uh, of the trade, and, and um, it just hasn't happened for them. I mean, Sean Long's very young and energetic, and you know, in a lot of ways, immature as well. You, you've got a bit of uh, maybe yeah. too much youth in those crucial roles. I, I'd take Sean Sean Long on any team. He's, he's such a, a threat um, and such a big body and, and athletic. But uh, yeah, that that point guard position is crucial. Mm. Maybe in some in some ways, as it's now turned out, they underestimated just how important a leader for them Casper Ware was. Maybe maybe they didn't realise just how important he was. Well, we didn't. I mean, even at Taipans last year, we didn't really get to that upper level at all, or even the middle yeah. level where you know that that was even a problem. We were, we were just trying to keep our head above water for a lot of those those games there. I mean, a lot of those. I think eleven or twelve games were single digit losses. Um, you know, so we 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 were just trying to make it through to get some some wins on the board. But it, this this year and the pressure in Melbourne uh, certainly has changed the the landscape uh, for Melbourne. I think um, it'd be a huge learning curve, but I don't think that. They've, they've got the right mindset and confidence in place to, to do anything in the playoff. Now, moving on from Melbourne to, I guess, from a team that the Taipans have done and so well against And the body language doesn't season. show it either. The, the no, players' not, body yeah. language in Melbourne does not show confidence no, and trust in everyone on the floor. So uh, that's pretty clear. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it's a team that the Taipans have done really well against, beating them all three times so far. But one team that, that the Taipans haven't done well against is the Illawarra Hawks, who three of their five wins for the season have come against the Taipans. There's another game to come 
on the 31st of January in Cairns as well. So hopefully the Taipans can get one of those wins back on that occasion. But you've been saying this for two months now, Lowes, and it's official now that Lamello Ball has played his last game for the Hawks. He hasn't played a game since November 30, but you've been saying from even before that that he would wasn't long for this league and we all expect him to still be the number one draft pick and, and to go on to have probably an incredible NBA career. But for all the good that he did for the NBA in the first half of the season, we've officially now seen seen the last of him. Did did Lousy call it or did Lousy call it? <laughs> you called it before the, anybody. On the 9th of November, sitting on sitting on the socials, and uh, he just he just got the win over the Taipans, uh, twenty four points, and Lousy's like, nah, is there is no way he is playing after Christmas. He'll be enjoying Christmas dinner with his family, and he will not step foot back on the court. After that, pack him up, wrap him up in cotton wool. He's he's ready for the draft. There's too much at stake. Lo and behold, Christmas happens. And okay, there's a bit of an injury. Got to be careful, got to be cautious. Yeah, I get it, I get it. But then, then Lousy's intuition kicks in. <laughs> and now we have no more Lamello Ball. Why, why do I not have money on these things? <laughs> I have to say, you called a bit. I didn't hear anybody even mentioning it by the time you called it. You were way ahead of the curve on it, and I think you deserve all the credit in the world. I don't know if you can get any money in hindsight because of it, but you do no. deserve the credit for calling it before anybody. Um, do you still think it's been a big win for him to still be coming to the league, and has it been a win for the for the NBL? I guess overall, oh, it's a hundred percent been a win for Lamelo Ball and a win for the league. Yep. Um, and and conversely, RJ Hampton is uh, not as a ha- as happy a camper mm. as Lamelo Ball. Um, and I hear whispers RJ Hampton's dad is furious because in the contract talks he's guaranteed a starting position and twenty yep. minutes a game. He's come, he just came off a, an injury over the you know the course of the last month. Hence why the scouts were checking out the Taipans New Zealand game, which actually mm. had a pretty good game. He had a bit of an impact. But didn't didn't get his uh, twenty minutes or something as, no, as uh, previously agreed on. So two situations there. Um, that that camp is is not happy. Uh, the ball camp is uh, you know very happy. You know they, he's done what he's had to do. So I think it's I think it's a good. I guess it's a good mix. You, you've got the option of potentially propelling yourself as a next star, propelling yourself to number one in the draft, and the the uh, NBL uh, is a great platform for that. Or you could take the risk and and not not perform or not get the chances or whatever excuse you want to say, and you get knocked back to um, you know twentieth in the draft, um, which he'll still go in the first round, of course, RJ Hampton. But um, you know, just the the impact of that that we were hoping for is not there. So I mean, Lamelo Ball. Let me just the, the reason why I said before that he's going to pack up, shut up shop, um, because late in the season you've played each other. Each team's played each other three or four times. Then you you've really scouted you know the the bejesus mm. out of the, each team. So you're going to either throw a double team. He's the best, one of the best passers. Sorry, second best passer in the league, seven mm-hmm. assists. Machado on eight assists, of course. So he's going to find his way out of double teams, but there's going to be more pressure and less opportunity because teams are going to go, right, well, we're going to let you pass it to 27% shooter from the corner there. We'll see if he can make a few threes. So one, the defense adjusts, so there's not much you can really do after you've played each other three or four times. Second, you can get injured and your stocks go way down and your money goes way down. It's Mm -hmm. just not worth the risk. Um, And yeah, it's just just all, all things point to, look, you've got your stock as high as possible. He just came off those two triple doubles. Mate, it's time to 
shut up shop. Um, the the leagues are understandably a little bit they're a little bit agitated that he's sort of you know kind of bailing and not doing some interviews and not doing this and that. Mm. But at the end of the day, the big picture is what a massive success the the move has been from the NBL to bring in and install the Next Stars program. They'll be riding the coattails. Whether or not there's a little bit of agitation on those lack of interest for interviews that LaMelo Ball is not giving to local media around mm. the around the country, um, that'll be a small blip in the yeah. in the scheme of things. So yeah, just uh, pre- it's pretty impressive. The numbers, I think, are pretty impressive. The, the international eyeballs pretty yep. impressive and thank goodness in a it's probably bad to say but thank goodness Brooks went down with an injury at the start because he was carrying the bulk of the points for yeah. Hawks and perhaps nullifying LaMelo Paul's yeah, bit, yeah. impact opportunity so I'm not sure he ends know, up with those triple doubles if Brooks is still playing well, you know, I mean, the, the, the crystal ball can't sort of predict everything and, and a player has to jump at the chances and opportunities as they come. Uh, look at Sean Bruce uh, with Kevin Lish out. He's, yep. uh, you know, relishing playing. He's got raving reviews of coach uh, Will Weaver and just mm-hmm. amazed at how much um, trust and just happiness he has playing for a coach that allows him to make mistakes and and play through them. And, you know, it's so empowering. So you, different situations happen. The good players, the prepared players are ready to, to make the most of it. Um, so, yeah, look, LaMelo Ball's definitely got the skill. Sean Bruce definitely had the skill and, and has the skill and the, um, the the eagerness to push forward and, and he's done himself a great service this year. So both both situations, it, the, the quality is in the player making the most of the situation. So, um, you know, hats off to LaMelo Ball and all the best for hmm. the draft night on uh, June 22nd. Now, I don't think there's any doubt that the league has benefited from it and it's going to benefit from the years going forward because potential draftees are going to want to come and play in the NBL now and it's going to be seen as a genuine destination and, and I think yeah. the Mellows obviously benefited from it. But my question is, have the Hawks and have the Breakers benefited from having those players part of the team? I think I think you can ride the Breakers off of the playoffs now. So they're the two teams that can't make the playoffs right now and, and they're fighting over the wooden spoon. So have the clubs themselves benefited from having those players part of part of their team? I think you sign up the risk. Hawks had nothing to lose. They signed up the risk. It was either going to be a circus or it was going to be what it is now. Yep. At the end of the day, it hasn't helped the club get to playoff sort of thing. But they, they, you know, they they won some games that they, maybe they shouldn't have. Um, New Zealand Breakers, they sort of got the. I think RJ Hamden's a lot more of a team player and almost. Um, I think he's pretty handy. I think he's shown some really good signs yeah. in a lot of those games there. But just just a quality sort of team player who was announced he was prepared to stay the length of the season and and commit and do all those you know those good things. So maybe that's been his his downfall compared to Lamelo Ball not being as selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, but why are they here? They're here to boost their stock numbers, not sort of make up the numbers and be a good team guy. So I don't know. It's sort of I think you you pick those next stars guys. If you if you lower down, I think it's too risky for the Taipans to you know if they if they go with the next star player and he ends up being a, a circus. Like the season's done. Yep. Like the lower the lower budget sort of um, teams that don't have the uh, the cash to splash need security. I, I think they showed this year that. 
through good quality experience players that have been around the traps a bit, been to Europe and on the cusp of NBA, like that's kind of our, that's the kind of pond we want to be fishing in. I, mm-hmm. I think New Zealand um, had a, you know, a new coach, new sort of thing. He, probably everything's a bit new. The, the NBA owner, Matt Walsh, looking to, you know, probably got starry-eyed with with some uh, some figures and things on based on uh, what could be with a with a superstar next star kind of player. So I don't know if how he would rate the season. Um, they've had a bit of a tumultuous year, so I don't know where, where to start. Uh, with New Zealand, so yeah, yeah but, uh, I don't know. Then New Zealand, uh, then Sydney. On the other hand, pretty solid core, pretty solid unit. Just added a little top up of an X star uh, in Lazada, yeah. uh, and he's had a pretty a pretty great season, and um, you know added to uh, already an established uh, kind of squad. So. You know, I think that's probably more the calculated approach from those um, bigger budget teams. I think I just think the lower budget teams, if they want any chance at, you know, really securing a playoff, it's going to be on working hard and having players like uh, the trio that the Taipans have this year. And then, and then you have the Phoenix, who have had a complete bust in in Terry Armstrong, who I don't think, if you mentioned the Next Stars program, I don't th- I don't think anyone even realizes that he's part of it. He's been so far off the radar all season and. He's basically been a been a waste of waste of a waste of effort for the Phoenix to bring him in. Yeah, and, and obviously they uh, they let go of their other import as well. That ben Keith. Benson. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I actually hadn't even heard uh, even the, the <laughs> next hard name mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Until. That was my point. So I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's the the game. You you roll on the dice. Um, you know, it's not it's not really any skin off the the team's budget. It's just paying for room and board, and the NBL covers the the dollars. So it's basically a you know a fifty grand you know outlay yep. for the risk reward. So anyway, um, let's get back to the you know, we'll talk. This episode of the Pikey and Louds Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. So um, <laughs> there was some good news this week in terms of. Some recognition for both Kowat Noy and for Mirko Jerich, who have been named in the Boomer squad to play against New Zealand in the fever break at the end of the season. There's a game in Brisbane, I think it's on February 20. Great, great news mm. for both of those guys to get an opportunity as part of the squad. Oh, it's fantastic. It's And it's a great time in, in a young player's uh, life to, uh, you know, I've, I've been to many camps and, and the vibe is, is awesome. Um, you, you just... In a, it, you're enjoying playing at, at a different level, and um, you know the coaches that you're, you're enemies against during the NBL season. All of a sudden, they're, they're there to help. They're there to kind of uh, bring Australia uh, team together, and uh, it's a really good camaraderie type uh, uh, situation. So for all those young guys to get an opportunity, obviously, um, uh, you know Will Weaver stepping in for Brett Brown uh, is a, is a great move. He's, he's no stranger to the Boomers lineup. He's mm-hmm. been assistant coach for for many campaigns um with brett brown and and adam capel alongside great to see cj bruton get yeah. a call up as well you know so it, it's got some uh, it's obviously very young you know our, our good friend body Naj in adelaide is not convinced um <laughs> but uh i think that that time slot that that sort of window uh is really only for those the a great chance for the younger players to get a taste and to sort of bring them up through the ranks and see who um can sort of uh, really relish the opportunity so uh it's obviously 
obviously not not a um, your, your mature A grade squad that you know uh, everyone else has got to be a bit careful with their who they which players they release. But it's certainly a, a massive coup for for those young guys and uh, and great for Kuat Noi as well just to get that get the taste of um, to the you know Australia team stuff. Is he been he would have been in the junior teams as well. Um, I, I would imagine I coming so, yeah. into, uh, but yeah, great. You know, it's a senior side. It's, it's for all intents and purposes, it's it's representing Australia in the national men's team. It's it's the it's the senior side. So it's yeah. um yeah, it's a huge huge feather in the cap. Well, it doesn't matter what I guess what the circumstances are. Once you're a boomer, you're a boomer. And I remember this time last year speaking to Tim Conrad, and he had just finished his season at at the Hawks. They hadn't made the playoffs, and he'd pretty much conceded that he wouldn't play for Australia at any level by that point in his career but he got a call up for I think it was a trip to Iran and it might have been Kazakhstan and ended up being one of the highlights yeah. of his life yeah no it's a, a fantastic opportunity um, yeah really really happy for those for those two the type ends guys so uh, yeah can't wait to see uh, how that little window unfolds and plenty of action even while the NBL just has a mm. slight breather before playoffs now when you were playing Laos did you take much notice of the jerseys you were wearing did you were you a fan when you would wear one-off jerseys like the nbl's introduced this year we've had a looney tunes round we've we've had the city round and and now next week we'll have the indigenous round did you take much notice of what was what was on your chest uh it was pretty cool to mix it up a bit from the just the the usual orange which we wore Hmm. you know you um you know game in game out it's always good to to mix it up with some some different colors and things Uh, the the looney tunes one is is a little bit out there i think that's a bit of um uh justin kesselman's uh playing (laughs) ground i love looney tunes don't get me wrong but um yeah it's just it doesn't not sure if it quite fits Mm -hmm. now the indigenous round does fit yeah it's uh you know, perfect uh, for the for the the league to to recognise um, and a, a lot of indigenous players around the league, and um, you know, just just really cool to have, and and led by you know. Paddy Mills' comments last year. I think it was it was on the way, but he certainly you know brought a lot of attention to bringing in the Indigenous round. So it's just a great thing to see. And, and you know Nate Jowai, obviously uh, the Taipans, um, raring to go. I could see pictures of his uh, of the Taipans Indigenous round jersey. Mm. And it's it, it's not this round though, is it? It's, it's going to no, be it's next, next round, next I believe. Yep, next week. But yeah, I, I really loved all the different. It's good to have the, the mix up, to be honest. Um, so and great memories if you can as a player. Uh, you know, re- retain a lot of the jerseys and and the memories that go along uh, with it. Well, as a player, do you keep a lot of your jerseys that you played in? Have you got a lot of a lot in your collection at home? Oh, 100 percent. And mm. I've got so two different boxes. One stays in Perth, and one stays in Cairns, just wow, in okay. case. In Luke Longley's case, the fire oh, uh, that yeah. tore down his house. Yeah. Um, he lost all of his Chicago Bulls memorabilia yeah. and um, things like that. Michael Jordan sent him a care package yeah, uh, right. of replica. Uh, Things like even the um, the the bench seat uh, the the has the Chicago Bulls logos mm. and things like all that went in uh, Luke Longley's fire and um, yeah the only thing that was was he had left was the rings that were in a safe yeah so but yeah that, they are precious they are your memories and your your stories of your players um, so yeah you, you relish all the jerseys um, that you get and, and hold on to them with a, a fierce monkey grip you you won't be able to prize the jerseys mm. away from me no it's a really it's really cool and really special all right let's get down to business let's look at Saturday night's game Cairns Convention. Centre, the Taipans playing the Adelaide 36ers. Right now, the Taipans are third at 12 and 10. 
Adelaide are fifth at 11 and 11. So there's precious little between the two teams. They, they've played a couple of pretty good games already this, this season as well. And we've seen that there's not much between, between them. Both teams have won on their home floors so far. What are you expecting from this on Saturday night? And let's put it into perspective. How important is it in the context of the season for, for both clubs? Well, it's it's the biggest game of the season for both clubs. Yeah. It's It's got huge ramifications, as we've uh, touched on earlier. Joey Wright has perfected the run-and-gun style game. He's done it every year, and they're really good at it. You know, they're really good at just that energy and pace. Eric Griffin's been great mm. uh, around the rim. Um, so it's a track meet. It's basically you, you put your running shoes on and you expect uh, to go a bunch of 100-meter uh, sprints. Um, so the Taipans got to control the tempo on this one. they really got to go, nah, we're playing the game on on our terms we're not just going to get lulled into this huff and puff run and gun type style so the flip side for me is that Adelaide uh, traditionally uh, you get them playing defense for over eight seconds and the, the cracks start to appear yep. they don't want to get it to eight seconds they just want to force you into turnovers and, and uh, take off to the races mm-hmm. so Taipan's got a big job in controlling the tempo now if I look at the Taipans, they took Noi down to Sydney but didn't play him. I'm saying that they've bought an extra four or five days of recovery so that Noi's energy and influence can be uh, unleashed against the Adelaide team and hopefully he's uh, ready and raring to go because they'll need uh, his energy to uh, cancel out a lot of probably a bit of uh, Eric Griffin in there. Yeah, and, yeah, and a lot of the yeah, just the just the way that Adelaide play, a lot of their players crashing the glass and getting off and, and running. So uh, I'm not 100 percent sure if he'll play. I'm assuming he will though. So um, Taipans, look, it, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be absolute nail biter. I think I've gone with Taipans by two mm-hmm. or three, but it's going to go down to the wire. Just the uh, desperation needs to be there from the Taipans um, for full four quarters. No sort of lulls. No being cutesy with the ball no you know this is lock in get it done um no matter what uh, kind of game you've mentioned eric griffin a couple of times to me he could be the player that decides this game because of his athleticism his ability to get to the rim and and just he he can do things that i don't think many i don't think anyone else in the league can do he's got that nba type athleticism now i'm concerned yeah. about Cam Oliver getting in foul trouble trying to defend him. That's that's my biggest concern because once Cam gets in foul trouble, there's not a lot behind him in terms of the bigs for, for the Taipans. So how how do we try to make sure that Griffin doesn't have much of an influence? Getting him into foul trouble might be a start. Yeah, well, that could be, you know, he could be frisky McGee and ready ready to uh, put the uh, salad tongs in there and get, <laughs> and get a couple of fouls, as, as our good friend Trigger would say. Um <laughs> You know, I think I think Oliver's been down a bit on confidence in the last couple of games. I think he uh, will have a good chance to refresh this week and refocus um, and do the things that he does well. That's that's the thing. You're not if you're not a three point shooter like a pure shooter or anything like don't you know you're not going to worry if they don't go in you do your bread and butter the best you can um in cam's case he's come a long way at the start of the season um he would uh lose a bit of concentration on his player uh, sean long i'm thinking of who mm-hmm. would you know went to town on the boards in first quarters you've got to do your work early but it takes concentration i mean cam oliver's used to uh, out jumping his opponent four man but he's been playing at the five spot so eric griffin's quite long quite athletic 
athletic, uh, probably got uh, a, a few uh, hands length more on uh, Oliver. So I'd say that uh, athletic-wise, Griffin would have him. Uh, so Cam's got to really focus in and, and do his footwork early to box out these guys, um, you know, and just keep them off the rim. Hey, if you've got to sacrifice yourself and let someone else get the boards, so be it. You just take out. Uh, their, their most uh, crucial threat on the glass. So it's, you've got to be cagey there because as as the tension goes up, the refs are all the refs' tension is also yeah. going. They're sitting there going, "This is a big game. Like we better call something. We you know we better you know put our stamp on the game as well." Hopefully they don't go too overboard and just get uh, wh- whistle happy and mm. call too many fouls. But um, you know they they understand that it's an important one as well. So I think I think it's about keeping your hands out, using you know all the boring behavior techniques to um, do your work early and just just put a body on someone and make it clean so the refs don't sit you on the bench. Uh, with a couple of fouls early. Now, the point guard battle to me looks mouthwatering as well with Jerome Randall and Scotty Machado. At the defensive end, would you be tempted to put, put DJ onto Jerome or would you be happy to trust Scotty to to go one-on-one with him at both ends? Well, why not rest Machado on the um, defensive end? Yep. DJ's not going to have the foot speed by any means, so to keep in front of Randall. So I don't know how that'll play out for too many possessions, mm-hmm. but I think Scotty's going to be quicker than DJ just up and down the floor. Yep. But when, when guarding Randall, it's a team effort. It's not it's not one player going. Yep, I'm going to guard him from uh, the backcourt. <laughs> He's just too quick. Yeah. I think it's you know I think you've got to steer the ball to. Uh, hopefully, there's a non-shooter on the floor for Adelaide, so someone can clog up the paint and then just get late to a to a closeout. Uh, but yeah, Jerome's tough, man. Like mm-hmm. he's he's that dynamic. Um, he's all, you know he's pretty much guaranteed going to get his uh, twenty a game and. Um, yeah, maybe down the stretch, you know, you might have to throw a few different things at him. But in trans, he's just, uh, this game's quick. This game's, you know, quick. They're going to need, Mike Kelly's going to need to have rotations coming through that are uh, ready to roll. He's going to need every bit of Noy this game. Um, he's going to need Fab to maybe um, take a few foul hits if if you're, if like you said, Cam Oliver gets in a bit of foul mm. trouble as well. But this is going to be a fast-paced game. What, just one more question about it. Now, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but a win for the Taipans would mean that they now sit 13-10. and 10. Now, it's not quite at the win total you've been talking about all season to cement anything, but how close does a win on Saturday night go to cementing a playoff spot? The, the thing is that there's still four games to play on the road. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Four out of the four, last five. Four tough games on the road. Like they, That's why they need this home win more than anything because they need to get two on the road yep. out of the four. Um, so, yeah, if you if you drop this one, it's uh, you've got to really hustle and get uh, you know a third one on the road out of four. So it's going to be tough closing out. You know, seventy seventy five percent games. You know, when you're on on the trot, it's tough in any situation. Let alone when uh, all the teams are facing pressure. Especially, uh, I think there's a Brisbane game in there. Yeah, there is. Uh, as well. So, man, this is <laughs> it's going to be crazy. So, yeah, strap yourself in. <laughs> um, I think the last game is against Brisbane. Yeah, February fifteenth. Oh, is that a, the last game? The, the away game. Yeah, That's the last. In, in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What about with Adelaide? Would you be willing to say that? Their playoff bound if they can come to Cairns and get that win? I think it would certainly go a long way. Mm. I, I think it's going to be touch and go round by round, especially the way this thing's looking like it's finishing up. I'm not convinced Adelaide have the team confidence and they haven't shown it this year to where they can 
be totally playoff sort of. Uh, I just don't think they can get past the first round either if yep. they make it into the playoffs. They're, they're just like Melbourne. They're just too inconsistent. I mean, Taipans have been inconsistent early uh, in the season, mm. and I wasn't too sure. But um, you know, the, their last sort of stretch, the way they've been finishing these last sort of thirteen games, uh, fourteen games, it's been a lot more convincing. Adelaide has still been inconsistent, so they're there. I mean, they're right there, um, Adelaide. But you know, if they if they snag this win, um, maybe maybe they can all get it together at the last minute. But I'm I'm not convinced that they've shown consistently uh, consistency mm. enough to go deep in the playoffs. Now you're not convinced about Melbourne. You're not convinced about Adelaide. That's that's just assume, and that's hope that the Taipans do end up making the playoffs. Which which team ends up taking that fourth spot? Is it is it Melbourne? Is it Adelaide? Is it Brisbane? Is it even the South East Melbourne Phoenix? Who would you be willing to back at this point? I don't think it's going to be Phoenix. Yeah. Is Brisbane on the on the rise? Oof. I mean, we'll see. I I think I think I don't think they, I don't think they're sure of themselves mm. that they know what they're running. So it, it could be it could basically be a it's either Melbourne United limping in or it's a an unconvincing Adelaide taking out fourth yeah. uh, with all the hoo-ha and rah-rah-rah <laughs> that they bring to each of their games, a, sort of a false energy yeah. thing from an audio audio level. They yell and scream and carry on in the warm-ups and you know, have this sort of facade um, when they do their warm-ups and things. So um, you know, I'm not fooled by that. Well, just touching I, on I, that, I when watched... you're an opposition player, do you look at that and feel like it's forced by an opposition team or how do, how do you look at it as an opponent? Well, I mean, they, they might look at a fist pump as being over the top. You know, it's whatever the player, you know, one, one of their players is obviously steering. It's possibly a, a Drimmick-type character. Or McVay. Um, that's just need – yeah, McVay, sorry. He's, he's high energy as well. Like, they just need an outlet. So, it, you know, they might think it comes across or whatever. Or it might not have any intention at all, but they just there's just an out an outburst of energy that, you know, uh, that, that goes along with them. So, yeah, the, play, the players on the other side of the court aren't, you know, swayed by that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if anyone knows Adelaide, it's going to be Majok Ding. Yep. So, um, you know, he's uh, can easily rally the troops and, and have any sort of insights or whatever. But, no, it's just every team to their, to their own. Whatever it is to, to get them going is what they will, they will do. Last thing on the game. You've been pretty vocal from the stands at times this season. If Brendan Tease pulls off a flop, as he's been noted to in recent weeks, have you got something in mind that you might hurl his way? <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> I Believe it or not, I, I do respect Tease because, you know, he's he certainly put together a career. He's been captain and he's, you know, done the hard yards for the, the athletic gifts that he's been given. So I think he's... Um, you know, I think he's, he's pretty remarkable. He's been he's been there all these years and, and putting in hard work, and um, I think he's well respected by the, his club. But yeah, I, I, I'm certainly not a fan of a flop on any team. Well, let's be honest, so, you won't uh, be into them yourself at times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I've yeah. You just feel like you barely even like <laughs> graze a guy, and he's like gone on the floor. You're like, come on, man. Like seriously. But he's got to use whatever angle he's got. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The crowd. The crowd won't have a bar of it. You know, I can already. I can already sense uh, Alan in the front row behind the. Uh, you know, behind the bench or near the near the bench, opposition bench. He'll be. He'll be all over it. I trust Alan to uh, take <laughs> care of take care of the vocals on that one if that happens. This episode of the Pikey and Louds Show proudly brought to you by Cans Total Physio. Less pain, more life. We haven't mentioned this for a while. Jared Kenny's mullet is just it's more and more impressive every time we see it. It's now it's now just into legendary territory, isn't 
It's got to be twenty centimeters. <laughs> uh, we might get we might get a reading for the for the uh, the listeners uh, for the next next podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Now all of this has been all about Saturday night. It's a massive game. You've tipped the Taipans to win by two or three points. Two. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter how much they win by as long as they they win. It's a massive game. We want a full. Let's get a full Cairns Convention Centre again because once there's 5,000 people in that building. It's really tough for an opposition to come in and play. So there's no reason for you to not to be there on Saturday night. Let's hope that everyone's there. Let's hope for another Taipans win. Been another Pikey and Laos show. We've been talking Taipans. What can you leave us with, Laos? Mate, it's a Saturday night. Let's raise the roof. The 5,000 plus fans will be there in the building. So if you don't want to miss out, make sure you get to the Cairns Convention Centre and get the boys over the line. They're going to they're gonna need every bit of everyone in Cairns uh, to uh, really pump them up and uh, let's hope we get a win there and uh, march into those uh, road, road games and hopefully close out the season strong. Yeah.